passage that I'll be focusing on as we speak this evening will be um, verse 9. So if, it would be helpful if you kept your Bible open on Joshua as we go through the text. Have you ever considered um, if God is really with you? Or maybe whether or not he has abandoned you, or more appropriately, if you have abandoned him. Or maybe you've wondered, can a holy, all-knowing, all-powerful God really be with me or with you? You may think, surely not with me. Well, as we examine this passage in Joshua, we'll see that God promises that he is a God who is with his people. He is a God who is with you and me. Background is helpful. We've heard a little bit about it already, but let's briefly look at where we are in God's eternal salvation plan. God has promised to deliver mankind enslaved in, in sin and rebellion, and we are at a point where he is delivering his chosen people by whom he is established by covenant to be um, the vessel of that salvation. The Israelites had been powerfully delivered from slavery in Egypt and through Moses and there was no doubt, absolutely no doubt that God was with Moses. His mighty deliverance, powerful signs and wonders testify to that. But the Israelites had not gotten into the promised land and actually they had been wandering in the desert for 40 years and now Moses is dead. God then speaks to Joshua, giving him the new responsibilities and commands we've just um, read through. And he ends in verse 9 by saying this, if you read it again. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Before we look at specifics in the passage, we must first take a moment to think about and be thankful about the presence of the Lord our God. The presence of the Lord in scripture is always surrounded by awe and majesty and worship. We don't have time to expand, but from Abraham to Moses to King David to Isaiah to John the Baptist to Paul the Apostle and John the Apostle the 24 elders and the angels and creatures surrounding his throne in heaven that we read about in Revelation. To all of these, awe and majesty and splendor and worship surrounds the presence of the Lord our God. This very same God promises to be with you. Firstly, his promise is to be with us corporately. As we look at this passage in Joshua, we see first God promising to be with and to make his presence known to all of the Israelites. In verse 2, we read, You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. It's a corporate presence and a corporate promise. There is a promise of God's presence amongst the Israelites as he takes them into the promised land. His corporate presence remains with his church today. We dwell in his presence, and as a body of believers, we are to be thankful 
and in awe of his presence as he leads us in his promises. Let's remember that later on as we come to corporate prayer and communion. But look closer and we see a more personal promise specifically made to Joshua within the text. God shifts his attention to him personally in verses 5 and 6. And he calls his name to personalize his presence with Joshua. So if you read verse 5, it says, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Note the single person used in these verses. He says, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. God promises to be with you and never leave you nor forsake you. How, you may ask, how can I know that this God is with me? Well, again, if we look at the text and use a very common reference that is used throughout the Bible to, to think about God's relationship between himself and his people, the Bible often uses the picture of a marriage as a mirror of the covenant relationship between God and his people. So for instance, in Ephesians verse 5, verse 31, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I am talking about Christ and the church. So therefore, let's picture um, a marriage as we look at the three ways within the text which assures of assures us of God's presence in our lives. So if we look at, if we picture a marriage ceremony, oh, by the way, any um, resemblance between the bride and groom with anyone in the um, congregation is purely accidental. <laughs> in a marriage ceremony, the marriage covenant is read. The bride responds by saying, I do, and the groom responds by saying, I do. In the text in Joshua, these three portions of the marriage ceremony can be considered to be mirrored by God's commands, our response, and his response to us as he speaks back to us. So let's first examine his commands. As we look at the text, Joshua is told many times that he and the people are to follow the Lord's commands, that is, obeying the covenant. We read in verses 7 and 8, Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night to do everything written in it. The Lord promises to be with those who seek to follow his commands and meditate on his words day and night. There's another relevant command within the text. And if you jump to verse 9 and read it again, it starts off by saying, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. God commands his people to be strong and courageous because of his presence with us. In fact, the, the command to be strong and courageous is repeated three times in the text that we've read already from verses 1 to verse 9. 
So, to those in the church who follow Christ, God says, be strong and courageous, for I am with you wherever you go. For Christians, the words of Christ, as he commands us in the Great Commission, echoes the commands and promises of God recorded here in Joshua, when Jesus, as he instructed and promised us in Matthew 28, verse 20, says, Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you, always to the very end of the age. Next, we move on to our response. In verse 8, we read these words. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. God is reminding the the Israelites to keep the book of the law always on their lips. That translates to us as well. We are to be a people who always speak of and are directed by God's word and confess Christ's salvation. We are to speak of his grace and to speak of him always. If you do, then the Lord your God is with you. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Our verse of the year also reminds us to keep on speaking and not being afraid. Next, we can move on to his, his voice or his response in, um, to us. We, like Joshua, are to hear, listen, and hearken to God's voice. You may say, it's impossible to hear God's voice. I'm not Joshua. Well, we are somewhat more privileged than Joshua in that we have God's voice through all of scripture and the ultimate voice of his son, Jesus Christ. And we are those who are to heed Jesus' words, for instance, when he says to us, truly, I tell you, or when he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew 7:24, for instance, literally says, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise man. If you heed God's word and have his words on your lips and your heart, verse 9 of Joshua 1 says to you, God will be with you wherever you go. If you're not a Christian, it's worth pointing out that Jesus, whose name is actually a version of Joshua, meaning God saves, is the savior, leader, and bridegroom whose voice leads to the spiritual union and promises of God in our lives and ushers in the presence of God into your life. There is no other name by which we can be assured of salvation and the presence of God with us. Accepting Christ, his sacrifice for our sin and rebellion and following him is the only way to obtain the peaceful and loving presence of God in your life and align your purposes in life with his ordained purposes. Not to be too inwardly focused on ourselves, let's look at why God promises to be with us. Verses 3 and verse 6 points us to one of the, 
a couple of the reasons why God promises his presence with us. We read in verse 3, I will give you every place you set your foot on as I promised Moses. And in the second half of verse 6, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. We therefore see that God is about fulfilling his purposes and promises. From the beginning of time to the end of days, his presence enables the fulfillment of his promises. His promises to us personally, but also his promises to all of his people. We have already considered that briefly as we considered God's presence with the entire Israelite camp, but it is worth highlighting that outside of our own personal lives, God is with you and me to purposely act in salvation of people both within and outside of his kingdom, that is, both within and outside of the church. God's promised presence with us is also in displaying his love and his power to the world. In verse 5, we read, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. This speaks of an irresistible power, somewhat like we've heard um, from our morning service this morning, that limitless power as we tap into God's um, supply. But only the presence of God can accomplish the purposes of God as his power is displayed. Above, above all of this, his presence helps to display his divine nature, both to us and to the world. All of the already described characteristics of God demonstrates aspects of his divine nature, his righteous, sinless, holy, powerful, covenant-keeping, loving care in our salvation. The ultimate purpose of his presence with you is to fulfill his purpose, his purpose, his promise, sorry, of our salvation and the salvation of many. To finish, we see that God promises he is with those who confess of him and seek to follow his commands as he walks with us in power, love, and grace to accomplish all his promises in salvation. So we end by remembering the words of God to Joshua and to us. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.